Welcome, welcome, welcome to Basketball Heads Live. I'm your host, Glenn Poole Harding. And tonight, we have a very special guest. This basketball head is another Monsignor McClancy great. That's right. We're trying to have them all on here. Jamal Robinson. Got to get Marlon Miller and Greg Harden up here. Have my guy Russ Williams up here. And his backcourt partner, <clears throat> LeVar Folk, who had a hand in putting McClancy on the map as one of the respectable basketball programs in New York City. After stops at Maryland Eastern Shore and FIT, he stopped playing ball. Being the elder and motivation for his younger brother, Christ the King, and St. John's great Omar Cook, he walked away from the game to focus on his brother's career. But this basketball head was not finished because he forged a path for his own and made a name for himself. It was during this time he became a best-selling author with books like Brooklyn, Wife Insurance, Soul Survivor, and South Side Gangsters. Please help me welcome to the show McClancy Great and best-selling author Shamik Cook. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? ready? Yes. yes. You have you just stepped out into, into the, the world, world of chaos. chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes hard. hard. Tickets because the game about to start. Bring your phone down just a little bit. So I, there you go. I'll move back. There you go. All right. It was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's happening, brother? Sorry about that, man. This is going. Nah, it's all good, fam. It's all good. Well, I want to get this stuff rocking and rolling just in case something else happened, man. Who introduced you to the game, Shami? Who introduced me to the game? Really, is the funny thing is my little brother introduced me to the game. Um, as funny as that is, uh, the reverse. This is the first time I'm I'm hearing this. Yeah, because it went like this. Like we used to play baseball. Like we used to be around the way playing baseball, and um, you know we used to do everything together. So, you know, he, he disappeared for like a few days. Like he just disappeared. Like he come back. He's like eating sandwiches, and 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 oh, I was like, yo, where where you was at? Oh, I was at the boys' club. He was at the Navy Yard Boys and Girls Club. Wow playing ball so I mean you know he just was there like all the time so I was like let me just check this out to see what what this is about man and um from there we just stayed stayed there everybody in the club played ball you know the the home of the Cobras so was it the Navy Boys Club downtown Brooklyn yeah 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 and you guys from that area right yeah yeah we from Fort Greene um a lot of great players from from that area. Um, a lot of great players played for the Cobras. You know what I mean? Um, me, Omar, Ebark, uh, Booger Smith, um, Ty Grant, um, like countless others. Man, it's just a, just a lot of lot of dudes that played with that program. So, um, and who ran that program? J 
Joe Francis, June Francis. Yeah. He kind of brought us all up, um, gave everybody a nickname. He didn't give me a nickname, but he gave everybody a nickname. Like that was a that was an honor to get a nickname from from Coach. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Yeah, it was it was that's how we started. Um and I was about thirteen. Omar was probably about nine. So that's where we started. Wow. And, and and right then and there you fell in love with the game. Yeah, like, you know, it was a different thing than than um baseball. Um it's just like it was just the excitement of it, just the the competition, you know, and you know, basketball, like I was a great athlete, so basketball is the only sport that you can't just out athlete people. You gotta kinda work and have skill. Yeah. Yes. I mean and that challenge right there was was enough. Like to to like, man, I wasn't good. I could I could outwork dudes, you know what I mean? I could outrun them, I was stronger, I was, you know, quicker, but right. I didn't have any skill any skill to speak of. You know what I mean? So um we had to work to do that and, and you know, that's what that was about. It was about discipline, getting in the gym, staying in the gym, staying on the playground, whatever, and you know, that's that's how that started for us. And I'm it changed it changed our life like completely, you know what I mean, from that day forward, like just playing basketball. Listen, man, I, I know what you're talking about playing baseball. Uh, I played baseball and, and quit with my friend got hit in the eye with the ball. So that was the that was you know <laughs> it for baseball, man. Right, right. Definitely. No, because the the thing is, I was a way better baseball player. Like I I I could have probably been in the majors if I would have stuck with it. I was a way wow. better baseball player than I was basketball player. But baseball wasn't the love wasn't there. Like right. the basketball. You know what I mean? And and like everybody was playing basketball. Like that was the thing back then. So you couldn't just walk around anywhere and find a baseball field, like you can find a basketball court. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, like, everybody was out there um, just on the court. And in the hood, like, where we from at Fort Greene, like, the court is, like, right in the middle of the project. So Right, right, right. I mean, can't like, miss that. Can't, you can't miss it. So, you know, everybody wanted to play play ball. And, and um, I know for us, like, it was a a thing went from sun up to sundown that we was just like out there. So that love was, was definitely there. Who was the best player in your neighborhood at the time? Booker Smith, hands down. Hands down. It's like the crowd it's like you would get booed if you didn't give them the ball. You know what I mean? Like you know, dudes are playing ball and they're trying to do their own thing. Right, know? right, right. Like, dude's trying to get his stuff off and the crowd's like, boo, boo. You got to give him the ball because this dude was just like magic with, you know, with the, with the basketball in his hand. So I always give him a lot of respect because I just never seen anything like it. Like, everybody would come watch. Everybody would come watch. I mean, of course, like, Pat, just to watch and see oohs and ahs. And, you know, he was, he was, he was the best. You know what I mean? I I think, in my opinion. And he was in front of the Sports Illustrated cover, like, who's doing that without playing high school basketball? Yeah. Right? Who's yeah. doing that? So yeah. he was definitely yeah. special during this time. Yeah, and the Soul in the Whole documentary kind of um, let people know. Yes. That. So, you know, he he was he was that good. He was that, 
special. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, in the street ball or whatever, but, you know, still, I mean, you couldn't deny that kind of talent. Oh, no, no doubt. His legendary status is already stamped in New York City, so no that's, that's a wrap. Yep. So how did you end up at McClancy? The crazy thing is <laughs> I ended up at McClancy because um, Artie Cox uh, was kind of bringing a bunch of people up. And I don't think they brought me in McClancy because they thought I was this great basketball player. I really thought it was more because I was a good kid. You know what I mean? I was a good kid. I was trying to do something. And I was a good athlete, so they knew I would work hard. You know, right. You and Francis introduced me to to him. I wasn't supposed to go to McClancy, man. I was supposed to go to Boys High. I was supposed to go to Boys High. And, you know, my mom, we went to visit McClancy. And at the time, see, McClancy's co-ed now. But at the time, McClancy was all boys. So I'm walking. Really? Like, yeah, let's, I'm not going here. My mom's like, yeah. Your yeah. mom's is like. Yeah, you're going. Yeah, you're going. I, I'm not going. That's just number of white boys walking around and and like, nah, man. There's no way I'm doing four years here. But um, that's how that came about. And I had played with, I played with Lavar in one tournament when we was uh, 13. We played in a high energy tournament uh, together, and I knew him from there. And I found out we were like taking a placement test. I was like, yo, you going here? He's like, yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay. So I was like, I that felt makes like things a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. I felt a little more comfortable. And it was uh, like a couple of dudes that, that was going that I knew. So I was just like, all right, it, it might be all right. So That works, man. I want to say what up to my God, DJ Dom DeMarc on the check-in. My uh, God, James Majors, A Game Podcast. What's For up, sure. <laughs> That's right. That's my guy. Let me tell you something. I don't listen to the radio, fam. But when I tune into my guy, DJ Don DeMarco, he be playing that. All right? So you guys <laughs> get a chance. You see him on live, click in, because he playing that that you want to hear, for sure. Like that. That's my guy. He, you know, we played on the team together. So that's that's my dude. That's my right, guy. right. And I've been trying to kick it with him for the longest. Like, yo, come on, fam. Let's. Make this happen, but we're gonna definitely talk. Yeah, All yeah. right. So now you got you have McClancy and you got LaVar, right? And mm -hmm. Greg Harden is your teammate. Yeah. How was that? Well, the thing was like um like freshman and sophomore, like first me, I was riding the bench, man. Like I was riding the bench, so I wasn't getting no playing time. And then sophomore year, we won the city city title. So you played you played you was on freshman. I was on freshman on the bench. Right. Got you, got you, got you, got you. JV, <clears throat> our JV year, um, McClancy was popping because our freshman team was in the city championship, our JV team was in the city championship, and our varsity was in the city championship. Wow. So I had worked my way up to starting on that team. Um, and then they, they lost the title. We won the city championship. And then those dudes left, like um, Jamal Robinson, great Jamal Robinson, you know, yes. left. And, you know, everybody knew it was going to be Greg Harden, but they didn't think he would get any help. They didn't think he was good. They knew LaVar was good. LaVar was always good. LaVar was good on freshman and, and on JV. But yes, yes. They just thought it would me be Greg and maybe LaVar. You know what I mean? But we, you know, we came together. And that's something I worked on my game all summer because I thought I was going to get cut from that team. So 
I thought I was going to get cut. So that's the only reason I worked on my game. And I came back with a jump shot. I came back different. And, um, you know, everybody knew Greg was the man. Greg was unstoppable, man. He was a double-double, like, right off the rip, like 20 and 10, easy. So he was a bully down low. LeVar was always good. And I was just trying to carve my own space. Right. Nobody knew, nobody knew that I could play. You know, if you see me play the first two years, you didn't think I could I could play. Um, that that spot was the only spot that was open that was kind of up in the air because Greg, everybody knew. Mike Beckles was was a sophomore and they was moving him up. Um, Levi, everybody knew it was starting, and John Reddick, everybody knew it was starting. So that was the kind of only spot that was really up for grabs. Um, Don DeMarco could have could have started. So I'm competing with him. I'm competing with this other kid, um, Joel Fernandez. So all of the, you know, all of us are competing for that spot. But, you know, I ended up getting it because I worked on my game, like, that whole summer. And it was just great playing with that dude, man. It, that was just that was just such a fun time, man. That was just such a fun time to play with those dudes because they were real good dudes and they were really good basketball players. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and you guys support each other. That's the one thing I love to see about the guys in New York City who played in the same team, that you guys support each other, especially the guys at McClancy, man. Yeah. You guys are tight, man. Yeah. I, every time I have one of you guys, DJ Don DeMarco's on, LaVar's on, Russ Williams, Jamal Robinson's on the check-in. Y'all just always support each other, which is a super awesome thing, fam. Yeah, man, yeah, because, it, 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 you know, like, you know, for those guys that came before us, we pay homage to them, like, for sure, because we watched them and we wanted to be them. You know what I mean? We wanted to be like them. So, you know, and just being on that team, like, it was all love. Like, that's that's why we played so good together, because we really liked playing with each other. It wasn't just, like, yo, this dude is nice, and that dude is nice, and, like, we just on a team trying to get this. Like, anybody on that team could get 20 in any given night. You know what I mean? And we would just feed the hot hand. So that should, that, you know, that continued on from, from, from there and, like, in life, like, you know, we don't talk all the time, but if I see those dudes, like, they, they know it's all love. Like, those are my brothers, man. Who was your toughest competition back then? Um, they're, they're not going to say – they're not going to say – it's not who you think. Like, Christ the King was tough, of course. Um, Rice, but we rarely played them. But in Brooklyn and Queens – the, t the toughest was the the whitest team in the in the um conference which is St. Francis Prep like that was such a hard gym to win in man like yo we would always get nervous playing in there cuz the fans would be going crazy and it seemed like the refs was like really unfair like they used to just fall. and you know we used to think it was like some some racism going on or something because this is like white refs so you got the white crowd and they just like you know we could not get a win in that gym man we could not get a win but y'all didn't win and, and say Francis prep while you was there we won not in that gym i think we might have won one time there maybe wow maybe this kid um patrick mcnamara used to destroy us man like this this Salute to Patrick McNamara. Need to get you on the show, fam. Yo, That's nice. Yo, that dude used to just kill us, man. It's just like white dude freckles. You don't think he could play? He's like he's just destroying it. So just to make us matter, man. But like, 
that was a tough that was a tough uh, team for us. Christ the King, of course, because they right. were, was loaded, and that gym was tough to win into. But I think those those two were the, the toughest for us in that league. Yeah, speaking of St. Francis, it reminded me of when I was in college playing against St. Francis of Pennsylvania, right? St. Francis of Pennsylvania and St. Francis of Brooklyn was in our conference. Yeah. But it was so hard to play in the St. Francis of Pennsylvania gym because their fans was crazy, <laughs> right? And it just seemed like they was on, on top of you. So very hard place to win. So salute to the St. Francis programs. Yeah, they 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 was that was they was tough. They used to give us like problems, man. Never easy game. So yeah, that was tough for us. It was tough for me. Personally. Yeah. So. Okay. So you see, I put up uh, some articles of you doing your thing, headlines. What was the game where you know being the guy who people thought wasn't going to have an impact? Who else did you bust that chair? To let people know that you were somebody to reckon with. Really, kind of everybody, but I didn't really think I bust anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was, it's like, you know, if if you play one way one year, then you come back the next year and you could shoot. Like I'm talking about, I couldn't make a free throw, I couldn't make anything but a layup, and then I come back the next year, and you can't leave me open. Mm. So it's like. They would back off, like, yeah, let them shoot. And I'm just knocking shots down. Let them shoot. Let them, like, they disrespect because they like, this guy can't shoot. And then, you know, it took, like, me hitting four or five jump shots for them to, hey, maybe they need to get a hand up. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, but for me, I was just trying, I was just happy to be there, man. Honestly, I was just happy to, to be playing because I never thought I would be playing, let alone starting. So, um, that year, kind of everybody, I, I really didn't have too many bad games. I had one bad game against the Berrien, and that was the, the, the article um, that was on Instagram that Stephen A. Smith did because the next game, I had um, got to the gym early, and I didn't know the gym was empty, and I was just kind of getting up shot because I was at, like, the lowest – um, point total that I had, and I got there early. And when the game started, man, I was just, I was just on. I was just on. Wow. And, you know, this dude comes up to me, like, after the game. Usually those are, like, you know, white report. They never look like they play ball. It was just this black dude coming up to me, and he's just, like, walking, and he's asking me these questions, and, you know, he's looking at me. He's like, yeah, so how's this, and how's that? And then you know, I do the interview and I didn't think much of it. And then my family's like calling me like, yo, you know, look at the paper. And I look in the paper and it says Cook Drills Severe. And I was like, oh, and that was Stephen A. Smith. Stephen so, A. Smith, that's right. So when I see him on TV now, it's just like, wow, this dude wrote an article about me in high school. And I didn't, I was oblivious to that. You know what I mean? It was just like another guy, you know, at that time. But like- He's right a Queens guy too, so. And New York City guy, so we definitely want to try to get him on the show as well. And he looked out for a lot of New York guys. He was like the Bill Travis for a short stint of time, the legendary Bill Travis who covered guys like myself, Pearl Washington, and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So the Daily News did uh, New York City did us right before we kind of turned our backs on them and start going out of town to different camps and different places to get exposure for us, not knowing that we had it right here in our own backyard. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so your senior year come, uh, you get recruited. Who you get recruited by? I was getting recruited by, like, I was such a late bloomer that nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew who I was. Like, all these schools started getting involved late, you know. Um, but it was really Eastern Shore. It was it was like a, a few, you know, it was Division Two, Clarion State, but it was it was small schools. Like, towards the very end, I started getting, like, a lot of bigger schools involved. But... For the most part, it wasn't it wasn't um, a lot of schools on me um, because they just didn't know who I was. There was one game that we played at um, St. John's. We played Francis Lewis, and I had I had like twenty eight in the first half. Like, I couldn't miss that game. I had like twenty eight in the first half, and mm. after the game, it was like all these schools lined up on the wall. They were like giving me cards, and I was just like. Like wow, they they I, I I was it was just foreign to me because they like yo who's you know who's he getting recruited by you know you see a kid that scored twenty eight points in the first half you're like he doesn't have schools like what what is that so you know towards the towards the end you know um, I was able to get some schools but I had to stay home and kind of help my mom and I had to work in the summer so I wasn't going to camps like like Levar and like some of my my teammates were going so. And, and, and <clears throat> you choose Maryland Eastern Shore, right? Yeah. How did you get down there? How's the atmosphere down there for you? Rough. <laughs> it was rough. Um, the school itself was great, but um, the coach was a real asshole. Um, and he just, you know, we, we suck. Like, you know, the, the, players that were good that kind of would play ball like freely he didn't like he wanted us to play like robots I know those coaches trust me yeah so I mean that didn't go well you know you're a New York City guy like you know you just you just play you play yeah you're gonna turn the ball over sometimes but we're not playing Princeton basketball where it's you know 15 passes and then maybe there's an open shot you know what I mean it isn't let me tell you something and I have to say this I remember my coach, Tom Green of Fairleigh Dickinson. He would say, let's make 10 passes before a shot. And what does it count in our mind? 10 passes. <laughs> how, how the hell are you going to do that as a ball player? <laughs> That's not really? how the play. That is not how the game is played. You gotta play not at all. You got to let them play, right? But he wouldn't let us play. So that didn't work out. You know, and I came back home and I was like really – like depressed and I was upset because like man I just got to the school where I wanted to go and you know it didn't work out for me so you know I had talked to um Kevin Jackson briefly and he was like yo come on check out FIT I was like man I'm not going there you know I'm not going to FIT I'm used to a campus and all this other stuff and then um I went there and I checked it out and I was like all right I just wanted to get back to school so um I gave it a shot and then, the, you know, played on the team. And it was a lot better ball players than I thought, man. And, and we did some damage out there. We did some damage. We um went to a the top JUCO tournament in um the country. It was in Arizona. Okay. We played in this tournament and, like, Sean Marion was out there. Um, it was, like, top. So they kind of – they gave the, the home the, – the host team – 
us the first game. So they were kind of like setting us up like, yeah, that's going to be an easy, easy win for the home team, basically a bye. And we like at the banquet where all the teams are standing up and they like the fashion institute of technology. And these dudes are laughing. They're laughing at us. But they don't know, like, yo, these are kind of all the same dudes that were in school, it didn't work out. And these and came back dudes, home. That's right. That these are dudes that New York City dudes, so they tough and they're good ball players. So they see the fashion thing and they laugh at it. And we was just out there killing them, man. We was, we was out there. <laughs> Isn't that the best thing, man? Yeah. To have dudes laugh and be like, okay, I'm gonna give you something to laugh about. Yeah, and that's 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 how we took it. Like, all right, we're gonna get disrespected. All right, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow, you know, when we play. So that's how we handled that. But it was it was a, a great, great experience. You know what I mean? That that whole thing was a great experience. True. Okay. Yeah, yeah uh, excuse me for a sec. Yo, Lorenzo, I never I don't remember a guy named Joe Hoover. So I I, I wanna make sure I answer your question. And Russ Williams said at Manhattan College, they had to pass the ball seven times. <laughs> right? So all of this is real that we're talking about. It's not like we making this stuff up to make our coaches look bad. It, it, Trust me, they'll tell you, make seven passes, ten passes, then you can do what the hell you want. Robots play like that. Yeah, and get mad if you score. Like, I thought that was the object of the game, man, is to score, but... If I score after two passes and not seven, what? Like, you're going to bench me? And some coaches are like that. You know, some coaches. Great. Look, my guy Mike Pollard is on here right now. Went to Fairleigh Dickinson as well. Played at Boys and Girls. If my coach would let him go, we would have had another Dominique on our hand. But he put the handcuffs on you and go, 10 passes. Yeah. Out of here. Crazy. You think a coach can't um, – derail a player or a handcuff a player. Sometimes a coach play better defense than than, than the people that's guarding. <laughs> Yo, we definitely going to make some noise for that. He said sometimes a coach play better defense. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I never heard that. That's good. That's good. Coach plays better defense than the guys who's playing defense. No over. doubt, man. I've seen it. I've seen it. So... So that second time around, you're at FIT, you do well, you get the ball out of your system because you missed it, mm-hmm. and now you get to have it back again. And what happens now? Well, I had some I had some offers, but it didn't really pan out. Because of that tournament, I had schools that I never thought I would have had. I had, like, Arizona State and, like, Pepperdine. Like, I had schools that I never thought I would have, but... You know, at that time, it wasn't really panning out the way I wanted it to. So, um, and at that time, like, my brother was up and coming. You know, he was up and coming. He was high, He was in high school, um, really starting to do his thing. And, you know, I kind of knew what that was. I knew what he was going to be. So I kind of, like, shifted my energy towards that because, you know, it was just a lot of, things involved and a lot of people involved trying to get to him and knock him off track. So, you know, that, mm. that was my job at that point. So that's got you. my energy. And, and what was the transition from, from ball to the real world? How was that transition for you? And, and, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to give props to my guy, Russ Williams. This is one of his questions because he do transition to Tuesdays. My guy, we played together in Queens. My guy, Rebel. So we go way back. Um, 
And I speak to a lot of players about their transition. Some good, some have a tough time. How was your transition from ball to the real world? Transition from ball to the real world was was um, about the same because ball teaches you a lot of different things, man. Like you can't get too high, you can't get too low. Um, you know, that that's that's really what ball teaches you, especially my journey in particular, because um, having to work for everything, like the work ethic. You know that that was always a thing for me. I never was the most talented, but but you could not work me, you could not outwork me, um, and that stay stay true to my um, personality from then. But Var is an asshole because he's saying Wahoo, and I'm and he wants me to tell this story. I, I heard I see what you did, man. Um, what happened? What happened? Tell what's the story. <laughs> I'm not telling that story. He put I, I seen him put Wahoo in in the comments. Um, all right, all right. I'm gonna tell the story. I'm gonna tell. I appreciate it. So, when we went, we had a tournament in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, and this is my junior year. Greg was on that team, and you know, when I first get out there, like the white girls are on me. The white girls are on me, and my teammates are fuck with me. They calling me OJ and shit, right? <laughs> so this is you know, great. So we playing the game and we like popping and then like we they out there you know we all messing with the white girl yeah everybody's messing with the white girls right we all out there messing with the white girls and I miss curfew because I'm out with this girl driving around in her town of Wahoo Nebraska Wahoo Nebraska I'm in the town so I miss curfew I gotta go I get pulled she gets pulled over by the cops so I'm nervous. I got to ride with her to the police station. The coach got to come get me three towns or four four towns over from, from where we were staying at. And <laughs> they all coming back like, yo, this, this nigga ain't come back yet. He's like, he missed curfew. They thought I was going to get suspended. Yeah, I got, I got suspended for a game because I missed curfew. Coach had to come get me from jail. I didn't get arrested or anything, but I just had to um, – you know, I was in the police station because the girl was drinking like wine coolers or something that. So my teammates are assholes because they called me Wahoo for the rest. <laughs> of the what? What did that mean? They called me the town that I got caught in. The town. Oh shit! What? They called me Wahoo the whole year. <laughs> they called me Wahoo the whole year. So Levar. I, I, I saw. I saw Levar put that up. But I didn't know what he was talking about. Everybody on that team, see, I told the story so that everybody knows. So y'all don't y'all don't have to, to do it that everybody knows. They are assholes. They they called me that for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I would walk into practice. I the best the basketball story see on basketball heads live. <laughs> I would walk into practice. As soon as I walk into practice, wahoo, wahoo. They all say wahoo. <laughs> DJ Don DeMarco said. This is a true story. <laughs> like he, he knows that he was there. Yo, they were all laughing. They were all laughing. They were all laughing at me. Yo, this shit got me in tears right now, fam. Wahoo. Oh, God. For the whole year. The whole year. Wahoo. <laughs> One of my nicknames. Everybody on that team knows why, too. Wow. That's crazy. First time you telling the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the first time, wow. first time publicly. First time publicly. 
<laughs> Basketball Hands Live exclusive. Yo, LeVar, you asshole for that, man. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so what did you do uh, to help your brother while he was playing? Well, first, like, we used to we used to work out, man. We used to work out. We used to be in the gym or the playground, um, you know. We used to do that. And, like, any any anything that he needed to work on, you know, that's that's what I would tell him. I would critique him coming to halftime, like, yo, you need to do this, you need to do this, you know. Um, anything that he need handled, man. Like, any any kind of recruiting thing, any kind of um, coach, or any, just anybody that's trying to get close to him. You know what I mean? They had to go through me and, like, that whole thing. So it's kind of like what you would do for your little brother anyway. You know, that's that's what I do. That's right. I know that, you know, he, he looked up to me. He looked up to me. He looked to me for answers, and he wouldn't make a move without, you know, let me know what was what was good first. So For sure. What, what are you most proud about your brother? Most proud of him because, like, you know, he just never gives up, man. He, he you know, it's a lot of people that'll say things about him because of what he did or didn't do or what he did or didn't become but you know he always stuck with it he never quits um he's still playing he loves the game you know my brother has never worked a day in his life you know he's always played basketball he's never summer job nothing he's never worked a day in his life so that's that was what he was born to do and he's always done it he's always done it and he's always um done it with a passion you know those done with a passion. I'm really proud that the legacy that he's gonna um, leave after he's done playing, and he's still got a lot left in the tank. So, um, you know, where's he at now? He's in Burgos, Spain. He's in Burgos, Spain. Um, he's been there. I think this is his first year, or going into yeah, it's his first year there. So, um, he's been in Spain for I don't know, probably about eight eight years. Um, all together, but he's been all over the globe, man. So I, I, I've kind of seen his impact globally. Even if people here don't see it, you know, I've seen how they respond to him in another in another country, and it's and it's incredible. It's incredible to see. Like you got to well, see that. Well, I, I want to let you know that we here at Basketball Heads and myself um, got a lot of love for you guys. Uh, seen him come up. I knew who he was. Watched him from afar and always cheered for him. Let him know that we here back home supporting and rooting for him. No doubt. Always. Thank for you. For sure. Take that. No doubt. So, did you always write? No. No. I didn't even know I had that um, talent. Um, it happened at FIT really because no. I took the one class just to get back into school because I wasn't in school even before I was playing basketball and I was taking this English class this you know we used to do creative writing and this professor she used to just I read she called on me to read out my story my assignment out loud and I did it and she's like wow and then, like, all the girls, like, wow, God, that was some great. So, you know, you start getting played. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Was it, was it all the white girls? Yeah. 
No, it was all the girls. It wasn't just the one. I got you, got you, got you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that happened. And then, like, every time we used to have an assignment, she used to say, hey, Shamit, go first. And I was like, why is this lady calling on me, man? You know, so, you know, one day after class, she pulled me aside. And she's like, you know, you need to change your major. You ever consider changing your major to English because you really have a talent writing? I was like, nah, I don't want to become a teacher or anything like that. I don't want an English degree. She's like, well, how about you write a book? And I said, yeah, I don't really want to write that way. I don't want to write descriptive writing about the trees and the bushes and all of that kind of stuff. So she said, well, what do you like? So I said, I like movies. She said, all right, great, write a movie. And I was like, yo, this lady's crazy. But it kind of played in my head a little bit more, played in my head a little bit more that's like, yo, maybe I should write a movie. Maybe I should write a movie. I was like, nah, I can't write no movie. And we were coming from, um, me, Omar, and my cousin was coming from um, Riverbank State Park. Omar had a game there. And, you know, we were like walking home, walking to the train, and cops pull up. And, you know, I could smell beer on their breath and all this other shit. We got bags. They, like, empty our bags up on the curb. They, like, touch us up, you know, throw us up against the wall, blah, blah, blah. And my brother's, like, really upset. And I'm, like, upset. And we just, like, because I didn't know at that time, I didn't know what I was going to write about. And then I knew after that experience, I knew what I wanted to write about. And like the story and soul survivors kind of about that in the NYPD versus, you know, people getting um, uh, abused by the NYPD and all that other stuff. So that gave me, that sparked the idea for my first screenplay and it kind of snowballed from there. And that's, that's how it happened. That lady put that in my head that maybe I could write a movie and I end up writing 10. So this is what this script book series is about. And, um, you know, I have, I have a few here. Southside Gangsters is one. Um, they're all on Amazon right now. This is the one I was talking about. Soul Survivor, you can see it. Soul Survivor, yeah. Badge. Um, of course, I got to hit you with where I'm from. Brooklyn, that's the title of one. <laughs> and my latest one, which will be out, was kinda out now, but it'll be out as wife insurance. So there's a um there's a bunch of them on the way. I'm gonna put one out until they're all out. One one out a month until they're all out. So that's how that happened and that's that's my new passion. Basketball, that's dope, man. But that's that's my purpose, you know. Are you self published? Yes, yes. I, I, I want you to uh, leave me your number. I'm going to leave my number in your DM because I'm in the process of writing a book myself, and I've just been procrastinating on it. Uh, I just called my homegirl. Uh, she does a, uh, she's a very good editor uh, to come. We're going to kind of help structure it. She's going to help me structure it, and uh, I would like to you know, shoot some ideas your way and see how we can help each other. Okay, no doubt. I appreciate you know how to get that going if if you if you want to know, you know. Definitely, I, I definitely need that information, brother. Got you. I got you. Yeah. So, who is some of your favorite authors now that you are an author? 
Some of my favorite authors, August Wilson, man. I love August Wilson. Uh, Marcus Wilson, you said? August Wilson. Uh, Got you. Playwright that wrote um, Fences. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly you're talking about now. A Lesson, I think, is the name of another one. Um, I love his work. Um, it's, a, yeah, it's a few others, but, but as far as a screenwriter, um, Spike Lee, of course. Um, I love Spike Lee. I love um, Thorkin. I love him. The way he writes. It's, it's a it's a lot of talented people out there. Tyler Perry, some yeah, minus Medea, but but uh, <laughs> I I love his work too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, listen, everybody got their own lane for a reason. No doubt, no doubt. Um, my guy Lorenzo uh, Harrington said, "Do you have a, a uncle named Winston?" Winston? No. That, oh, he said, what he said? Uh, Winston. He said a guy named Winston at his job said that Omar was his nephew. And I guess that you will be his nephew I, as well. So Winston might be lying, but but I will say that I don't know because, listen, my mom is one of 13 kids. So I got cousins that I don't even know. So Got you. Got you. It, it could it could be true. I don't want to say Winston is lying, but I, I got cousins that I, I, I don't know all my cousins' names. That's how big my family is. Facts. Facts. I definitely understand that. I have a big family as well. Yeah. 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 No doubt. <laughs> so we can purchase all the books that you have on, on Amazon, right? You go to Amazon right now, you could go to... Um, my page, my, my Instagram page or Facebook page, um, the link is there in, in the bio and you can go purchase it um, $14.99 for the paperback. Um, it's, it's just, it's one of, of many. They're going to be coming um, coming in fast. So, you know, I, I wanted to get them all out because I was going to wait until, you know, I could get a budget and get a, a movie company to, to sign the deal and blah, blah, blah. And I had a few things that's, that, that was close to getting on screen, but it never happened. So I could have that sit on my computer and I just couldn't live with that just sitting on my computer forever. So that's why I had the idea to put this um, script book series out and you know, it's what I've been working on for a long time is what I love has gotten nothing but positive responses like nothing but love out there not just for me, know me it's like it confirms like you know what people have said like yo you're a great writer you're a great writer so it's 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 um something i want people to check out don't check it Definitely. out for me. check it out for yourself and nah, for sure your mouth your headphones i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop until it, it you know it hits the um screen so that, and, and you got to keep going, man. You got that fire and that passion with inside you, man. So when you when you said that you didn't know why this teacher was picking on you, my artist turned around and said that you're an artist and who didn't even know it. That's right. That's right. And I was so busy in, in playing basketball that, you know, basketball was everything, you know, for me at the time. So I didn't even, even know that I had that ability, but... You know, once I put the ball down, um, I'm, I'm just as passionate, if, if not more passionate about this, you know, and put the work, same work in that I did in basketball for, for this. So 
Listen, that's that's what my uh, sponsor over at Game Over, that's what he preaches. When that game is over, what you going to do? Because everybody's yeah. going to come to that point. I don't care who you are, how great you are. That end date is coming. Yeah, and you got to make that transition. Yeah, because you know, because you know what I tell kids, man. I tell kids like I told my son. I I told I tell kids of any chance I get. I said, you know, you got to picture yourself having the best career that you could have. And what does that include? Say you played 20, 20 plus years in the NBA. Your first round pick. You break all the records and blah blah blah. And you'll still be the age I am now. <laughs> so what That's so real. That's so real. Yeah. What else are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I mean, I know you love the game, and and it's all about the game. But you know, it has to be more. And that's what I preach. I say, yeah, love the game. You know, want to play at the highest level, but <clears throat> don't limit yourself to just that, man. All right. Top five players in New York City history. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um. Kenny Anderson. Um, I'm gonna say my personal favorite. Um, damn, that's a good question. Pearl. 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 Yeah, I like to hear that. I like to hear that for the young guys. Yes. Pearl. Pearl. Um, damn, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'll say Omar Cook. Omar Cook. All right. Um, I'm gonna say Conrad McRae, McNasty. Conrad McRae, McNasty, R.I.P. to him and Pearl. Yeah, we're gonna keep it Brooklyn. Kenny's Kenny's the only Queens guy. And I'm gonna say uh, Bernard King. Bernard King, definitely. Get some love for that for sure. Definitely get some love for that. All right. Top five McClancy players. Oh, man. I'm putting you under pressure right now, fam. Let's go. Ain't <laughs> got all your guys watching right now. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I know I'm not in that bottom. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not, I'm not going to go with my man from Manhattan College. He's I, I, before my time. No disrespect, because I know he's great. Russ Williams, definitely. Russ Williams, he's, I, he's, in the, he's in the Hall of Fame, too. I know, I know. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put, because I'm going to put you in a different space, man. So got you, I'm got you. You're in that, that five. You're in a different space. I'm just talking about guys that I saw. Uh-huh. Greg Harden. Jamal Robinson, LeVar Folk. Damn. Um, Doby. Antoine Doby. Okay. That's four. Yeah. And Mike Beckles. Mike Got Beckles. you. Got you. That's, that's, that's real. So, when, when, when it's all said and done, are you satisfied with your basketball career and all the things that you accomplished? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 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 grateful that um I had that that experience. Um 
the ups, the downs, all of that. I, I wouldn't change a thing because it, it made me who I am. And I got a chance to do some some great things and meet some great people, man. So I'm I'm always um thankful for that. That's dope. Yeah, Yo, you got rep your OG Russell said, no disrespect taken, my brother. I agree with your five. You know you so. that five, but like <laughs> that's definitely the old that's definitely the OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna do something real quick. Y'all ready? 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 My man, lace you up, fam. Oh man, that's dope. Wow. Wow. I love that. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I love that. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. That's what's up, man. Oh, oh man wow i appreciate that no doubt and i, I gotta show my guy steve madden my man steve middleton All from right. tilden i told him i'll be showing his tonight <laughs> right for sure no doubt. that's the old g right there wow for sure yeah. now let's go back wow Oh man, I appreciate that, that's it. that jump shot, fam. That's that jump shot for the paper, fam. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith. You got that. You got that down. That's on point. Wow. Yo, he'll be proud of you now, man. Wow. No, he wrote an article about a ball player who became a best-selling author. No doubt. <laughs> it's only that's real. It's only the beginning, so I appreciate. No that. doubt. So, um. Like I said, text me information. What DM me your information. I'm gonna send you my number so we can talk more about that book situation. Gotcha. Give a shout out to my guy, Jamel Powell, the artist. Jamel, appreciate that, man. Thank you. Peace, brother. Peace. All right. No doubt. Love, man. Appreciate you, man. Oh, okay, my guy Zoni Thor. You like that, right, Steve? Got you, <laughs> my man. Yo, Steve, send me information so I can see you that picture. All right, my brother. Got you. All uh, right, yo, my love. And, right. and, and, and look, I know everybody been trying to get at your brother, fam. <clears throat> we'll get him when we get him. I'm glad I got you. You were special because not only you're a ball player that represent the brotherhood, but you also show that we can do other things. No doubt. Like writing films and books and producing movies. Yes, yes. Absolutely. My man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Salute. All right, man. All right.